Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray! Hello, you're listening to... You see, Rich, this is why we can't have nice things, the podcast. Because <laughs> you will ruin them. We had a nice thing going, guys. We're all reviewing films and having a chat. And then, Rich, you fucking ruined it by making us do a mucky movie. Uh. Welcome. Welcome to what used to be spoiler-filled film conversation array. But is now Rich apologises for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> With me to receive the apology is Abigail Bain. Hello. And Anthony. Hello. Don't know why he didn't get a surname. He's like Prince or Cher. Or just I shouldn't have. (laughs) It should keep me consistent and just call one of you by one name. Or anyway. Consistent consistent. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. Uh, Yeah, so no Jamie. Um, I think what happened is he watched the film. And uh, got so exhausted and is now now injured from tennis elbow from being so enthralled by it that he had to call a sickie and be like, oh, guys, this is too much for me. But uh, we've all womaned or manned up and watched it, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> I spent two days watching this film. Wow, you, didn't, you loved it that much. <laughs> Just had to watch it once, Abby. It's not even that long. First, I watched the interminable first half, wanted to die, <laughs> let it go for the day. Then I picked up the interminable second half on another day, wanted to die again. It's not exactly in halves, it's more in just chunks of manageable, not ma- <laughs> chunks of unmanageable rubbish. Yeah, I it's... did manage to get a whole run through, but I suspected if I stopped, I wouldn't start again. So <laughs> Enough beating around the bush. Let's delve in to the film this week. I chose it, but to give the details of uh, Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens. (laughs) Fucking film. Oh, here's Anthony. Anthony, can you please give the details of Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens? It's almost as awkwardly titled as our own podcast. That's why you (laughs) like it, really. So, yes, Beneath the Valley of the Ultra Vixens... (laughs) Um, which, uh, as Abby said before the podcast, has absolutely no relevance to the film whatsoever. <laughs> uh, was released in 1979. Is um, classified as a satirical sexploitation, which I think is very kind to whoever managed to categorise this film. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a film that shows you the lives of the people of small town USA, specifically uh, focusing on Lamar, a junkyard worker who... <laughs> My God. Who has... has he has an, an obsession obs- with anal sex. Bad yes. <laughs> he has an un- unhealthy obsession with anal sex, which his wife does not like and tries to cure in various ways throughout the film. While dealing with her own... Um... Nymphomania, which is yes. quite quite the quite the scenario. It was directed and produced and written by Russ Meyer, also with the writing credit for uh, the film critic Roger Ebert. Yep. Um, whatever the hell that's doing there. Well, and it certainly the film, uh, invalidates all of his reviews now. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and the film stars uh, Kitten Natividad. 
Anne-Marie, June Mack, Stuart Lancaster, Ken Kerr, Michael Finn and Candy Samples. <laughs> Candy Samples, that's a good name. Mm. But it's basically, that's a wall of shame, guys. <laughs> right, um, I'll just add my list. I didn't make it, but I should be shamed for this. Uh, look, the reason I picked this film is, I want to say threefold. One, I watched this film on Bravo, the TV channel that used to be on Sky, when I was a teenager, it was like, oh, we got Sky, and I, I am alone in the house. I guess I know what I'm doing with my evening, looking for mucky films on the TV. And so I just came across it, and, you know, this is a very dated, vintage uh, sex comedy. It's just a mucky film, isn't it? It's just, it's not, not, it doesn't deserve to be called an adult movie. It's not quite hardcore, it's not hardcore pornography, but it is porn. But it's yeah, it's just it's sort of a comedy, but that wasn't the reason I was interested in it as a child. But you know, I just discovered it, and but it's so weird. Like it was like a strange movie rather than just conventional titillation. So it, it was deep in my psyche from years ago, and then I kind of forgot about it. I watched it on Bravo or whatever, found it weird and sort of just. I mean, you know, it's got boobs and sex things in it but fundamentally it was just odd like I, I it just it left a strange mark in my psyche as i say and i kind of forgot about it and then every now and again i'd remember some vague memory of like junkyard sal having sex with lamar or the bin man having sex with people and you just go god what was that what was that film and then eventually i was like i know it had a weird name and i could never fucking remember what it's called because you'd be like I don't know, Junkyard, Sex, like, 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 Anal Rape, the movie. Like, I couldn't remember what it was called. And I knew it involved uh, various Ubers and Vixens and Supers, and I just, you know. And then one day I was like, oh, fuck, I remember what that was. So that's why I wanted to revisit something from my horrible upbringing. <laughs> no, I just, you know, it was... Every single thing that you've brought... Actually, are there... Any exceptions to the rule of stuff you and Jamie bring from your childhoods that aren't just fucked up and weird? Don't Tommy and Jamie alone. I think Anthony can also be tarred with the <laughs> fucked up things from your childhood brush. Thank you. I can. I can. We're okay. All, we're all so guilty. There, there, are there any exceptions? This is different because it's not a traumatising children's movie. It's a traumatising adult movie. So it's different, all right? Okay, that makes me feel so much better. But the, then, so the other reason, other than, oh God, what was that film from my past? I can't remember it. Oh, I've remembered it. I wish I hadn't remembered it. Um, was, oh fuck, we've never done, like, we, you know, we try and do a range of different things on the podcast, movie genre wise. Um, so I was like, oh God, we probably should we do, do one adult film. We've done sex comedies and they're kind of light and stupid. And I thought, this is this is definitely porn, isn't it? It's like mainly fixated on the sex, not so much the jokes. Though there was some sort of premises there. So I, I was like, oh, come on, let's do it. And now I, now I regret it. Um, but then you can't review regular porn because people just fuck for ages. Usually they're stepsisters. Yeah, so shall we just say reviewing pornography was virgin territory for us. Um, and now that we've lost our cherry, or we will, uh, we don't have to ever come back to the mucky films of, of anymore. It's not, it's not necessarily going to be fun, but at least this one is, it's a comedy and it's stupid and weird. But third reason, 
Roger Ebert wrote this. You know, <laughs> one of the leading. Oh, yeah, when he was alive. Uh, just one of the most famous uh, American film reviewers. Uh, often people treat his uh, opinions with reverence, even if you don't fully agree. He's had the odd witty line and funny put down, and, you know, uh, make of him what you will, but he's an established film critic. So, you know, when a film critic gets an opportunity to write a film, that can be very telling. And I think this film invalidates any opinion he can have about movies. It's just, there's, like, there's no way that you could write this and be like, I know what a good film is. If, if he wrote the dialogue that was being said by the narrator, maybe. Because that, I think, was, had something in it. That's where all the satire was, was in the narrator. So if that was his thing, I could kind of see. Who goes? In, who enters into a project where you're basically trying to make a highfalutin porn film? Like it's like, oh, it's like a comedy satire, but also you know, tits jiggling and bums jutting in and out, and like you can't, you can't do it like a, an actual satire, and also have loads of gratuitous nudity and simulated sex. You know, like no, you can't. You just you can't you can't you can't have your sex cake and eat it. <laughs> Some of the, so, yeah, but so, like you say, so you allude to some of the narration. Sorry, Abby. There. And it, there are elements of like, oh, this is clearly an attempt at a satire or, or a take a take a send-up of the American dream in a way. It's apparently a spoof mm. of some fucking thing. I, I don't really know about that. But yeah, that's that's the reasons, guys. Um, Anthony, had you any experience with any of the Ultra Vixens? There's other Russ Mayer films with Vixen in the title and stuff? Have you come across any of this stuff? I have no experience with the Vixen line of films. <laughs> have you have you seen a porn before? I have. <laughs> okay. And Yeah, well, I, I swear the, the beginning of this film must have just been, how close can we make a porn without it being a porn and get away with it? And they got pretty close. <laughs> I'll give them that. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's like, it's almost like there's times where it's, it's like, well, if you're a pawn, you should probably focus on the sex, not try and amuse us with farcical bullshit that doesn't amuse in the slightest. So, be um, be but, one or the other. Sometimes I think. But no, um, the only kind of like sex romps I, I suppose I'm aware of are like the British Confession movies. Which we brought up, which we brought up before, discussing whether we do one of those on the podcast, and it seemed like a well, we could, but it's a bit. Mm. But now I think it would be such a better idea because, <laughs> in comparison to what I just watched, they are so tame and light-hearted. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, you know, it's kind of slightly blue material and it's like you know end of the beach fucking humor and like the british stuff we did um on the buses which is again even tabor it's not porn it's just you know smutty jokes and blue humor and sauciness isn't it like it, this this there's a tamer you know there's more of an idea of innuendo and cheekiness even though they're sort of sad depressing and dated a lot of the time but yeah this i wanted to do this because oh, it's an american thing of that we were like let's do something a bit different so it was partly because it's not one of those which we're more familiar with living in britain and stuff so i don't know 
Um, I, I, I have similar experiences as a child, as you, I suppose. Channel 5 started becoming a thing. Yeah. And they would play, like, erotic movies. Yeah, it's weird, because they had sex... They had, like, um, softcore pornography on. But because Mm. it's softcore, it would have simulated sex, and it would usually be, like, bad actors just rubbing up against each other. But they'd have a lot of storyline. Like, an alien has come, and she has met people, and this one is a lesbian scene, this is a straight scene. Like, But there would be narrative about, you know, people, not just a plumber comes round, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I don't know what to say. Like um, when I first, when you first brought this movie, I thought it was going to be something a bit more, like um, like the pra- Pam Greer like black exploitation films, films that are actually movies, a sexual romp. Yeah, uh, but then it, it turned out to be more like um, like, a, <laughs> like the all American bloody experience. Um, I, I didn't know what to make of this. It was either going to be the cheapest trash ever, or it might get to the point where it's so bad that it's kind of funny. And it does, in places, reach reach that, that it's just so bad you can't help but just laugh at it. It's definitely um, baffling. But for the most part, it just got so... There are some plot threads that just go so disturbing. <laughs> And they play it all for laughs. Yeah, and it, <laughs> it oh my god, it's like, it's, it's just weird because the film's like, it's like an advert for what the world would be like if, if everyone landed on the side against the Me Too movement, this is the world we'd live in, like, it's like the opposite universe to what how things are now where all of the things in this film are unspeakable awful things that would end your career they're all plot points and storylines just unacceptable behavior throughout yeah anyway it is just this is the world anti me too people want to live in and <laughs> it's awful um abby mm-hmm. you ever watch any weird adultish <laughs> movies late at night you, did you, was that like a thing that ever happened for you have you ever you know is it a world you've ever dabbled in the only thing I've ever seen that is vaguely close to this is in the Kentucky Fried movie they have fake trailers and there's a fake trailer for Catholic high school girls in trouble that oh. is in the same milieu as this and I didn't realise, I thought that what they had done was Mimic an exaggerated joke. pastiche. No, it's just it's just straight up mimicry. Just, just banging yeah. and pretending it's funny. Pretending it's funny, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? It's not funny. But we're going to say it's funny so that we don't admit that we've made, har- made a horrible pornography mistake. Um... <laughs> So it also it's sort of it's sort of suggestive of a sense of humor that um is horrible isn't it like if if this is funny to you then what's wrong with you <laughs> like i don't know maybe the absurdity of it is meant to be maybe i don't know there's i i feel like at the time it's meant to be more lighthearted but now it just feels just awful <laughs> like everyone's awful in it <laughs> but it, i don't know you're not meant to take it seriously so i don't know 
I don't. That's one thing it has going for it, I suppose. You're not meant to take it seriously. Yeah. So let's let's talk about some of the stuff that goes on. It's a bit of a strange. It's not got. It's not got a straightforward narrative, um, which is often the case with pornography. Um, but this one, unlike you know, it's a feature film, so it doesn't. It isn't just so I've managed to, you know, find a scenario in which I sleep with my stepmother. This is like several intertwined stories, and it's essentially the story of, uh, as you said at the beginning, uh, a married couple who are going through sexual problems, shall we say, for now. Um, and also that involves all the people in the small... Is it, It's literally called Small Town USA, isn't it? Yes. So in Small Town, there are loads of sort of different people who have jobs that get involved in the story, whether it's dentists or garbage truck drivers or salesmen. They all sort of crop up and by crop up, I mean have sex with one of the characters or get raped by however however it pans out. Um, but I guess it's, you know, the main characters we should talk about and then we can say what they get up to and discuss whether that's appropriate for anyone to watch ever again. Lamar, guys. I suppose he's kind of modelled after your stereotypical porn guy. You know, you I think you mentioned like someone coming around to clean your pipes. Yeah, like, he's mustachioed, like, mechanic kind of guy, the kind of like dirty, greasy guy who like comes around, and you end up having sex with. Well, I suppose he's supposed to be kind of like the everyman as well. Yeah, average Joe, you know, working blue collar guy. He worked technically. He works in the junkyard, though. Loads of characters work in the junkyard, but anyway, he works in the junkyard some of the time. But crucially, Anthony, he's not. He's a complicated guy. He doesn't just. He's not just a guy who does a job, he's also studying to become an accountant or something, because he's, we're introduced to him, uh, trying to, you know, cook the books and uh, figure out how to do accounting, right? He's doing a night, night school or something? Yes, you're right, that is mentioned once. <laughs> well, it's the whole, the whole, the introduction to him is he's trying, he's in his house trying to get on with learning to do calculator-based things, and his uh, horny wife, Livonia, who is, uh, did you say her name was Navidad or something? Kitty Navidad. Uh, kitten Natividad. Oh, so not Natividad. like, not like Lise Navidad or whatever that fucking song is. <laughs> but she's, um, his wife, and she's like a voluptuous, your classic, uh, saucy, voluptuous woman, heavy makeup, bold hair, big, bold brown hair, um, upstairs and down. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, she's you're the leading lady and she's going to be naked and saying, like, I want more cock and having sex with people in loads of scenarios. So <laughs> she's there to be, you know, the sexy leading woman that we're all meant to be t- totally excited about. Even if we're kind of the fatigue sets in after a while. They even try and mix it up like, oh, she's in a wig now and speaking Spanish. It's like, I can't watch her jostle her body anymore, guys. <laughs> Um, but she's uh, a horny housewife, right? Classic scenario. Um, so yeah, like Lamar's trying to get on with stuff, and she's like, you know, she wants sex, and you're like, well, oh, this is a porn film. Surely this isn't going to be a dramatic conceit. <laughs> like, like it's inevitable. Sex is going to be had, right, guys? But anyway, that's the the setup is she's like really horny, and she's trying to entice him to have sex with her, and she go, you know, initially it's like. You know, she gets naked and is trying to be titillating and she's, you know, whether it's 
fondling a vibrator and being silly, or bouncing up and down on the bed, or just drinking milk and spilling it down herself. You know, there's like a lot of, oh, look, she's, she wants sex, and he's doing quite a good job of avoiding it. <laughs> but that's that's the, you know, the early conceit is he's not interested. So to, to the point where she's like, you know, actually prodding around in his crotch area. And, it, you know, he, he gives in, and then the main focus of the film, the main problem comes up. Lamar, instead of just having sex with his wife, problem solved, no movie at all, he likes to have anal sex only. <laughs> So he then anally rapes his wife, who she, she she wants sex, but not that kind of sex. And he anally rape, rapes his wife to his own ends. And um, she's like, oh, that's annoying, that's not what I wanted at all. But it's what he wants, and so that therein lies the crux of their problems. Um, what did you guys make of this as a premise? It's absolutely oh. repellent. <laughs> It's pl- I've just, it's... just went through a whole thing listening to you give the, the plot line to the first scene. Oh, and I just cringed internally so much. I think, I had, one, I think I had an existential moment just listening to you call what just happened. My God. I mean, describing porn is a minefield. But this is played for laughs, Abby. This isn't like... This is your comedy rip, you know? Like, oh, he's flipping her over and doing her from behind. And it's not graphic. I mean, it's it's comic at times. <laughs> you know. We do see willies and boobs occasionally, but it's... And, you know... I don't I don't think there's a real penis. We even get that weird, the like... Prosthetics. Even if they're not... You don't see insert. You know, it's not. It's not like if this is. You know, you don't come to this for hardcore pornography. Like that's what the internet's for. Um, and listening to podcasts, try and awkwardly talk about. Well, back in nineteen seventy nine, this might have been the only thing some people could have got. Hey, for a fourteen year old boy with <laughs> Sky TV, it's the only thing he's got. <laughs> but um, so Abby, repellent. I mean, come on, it's it's comedy anal rape of a wife. <laughs> if it was funny. It would be fine. They pull funny faces. He's like, "What's <laughs> funny?" <laughs> Where does your sympathy lie with these characters? I don't think I have sympathy for any of them <clears throat> because the guy is awful, and his wife is also awful in a completely different way. Because <laughs> well, there's promiscuous, and then there's batshit insane and that's what she is yeah I mean let's you know nymphomania is a genuine problem which can have quite you know tragic results um, it's all fun and good suggesting that it would be oh it's good in it way all she wants to do is have sex but you know people with nymphomania probably you know need to get it addressed but in terms of the film she <laughs> between scenes of sex she looks for more sex like there's no rest respite for her she is constantly wanting sex and and so you can't really root for her because she's promiscuous okay oh it's bad like i mean he's a bad husband she's a bad wife they shouldn't be together and she should probably go to a sexual health clinic um and he should you know he could just be gay or whatever he's not that's the thing with this yeah <laughs> he's not gay he's not a closeted homosexual who is doing this he's if anything the characters are all homophobic 
So, I mean, it's not like there's a revelation later on to come, like, oh, it was the struggle it's between vague, a man and his sexual identity. The vague glimmer of hope I had was when he was with the nurse later on, and they inferred that perhaps he was actually a homosexual and that he was going to make it with the dentist. I was like, that's actual thinking and thought mm. and a plot and a twist. And then it didn't happen. No, no. Then it's time for huge cartoon comedy uh, and homophobic jokes where, where a, a gay dentist tries various different tools to try and break into a closet to retrieve a man that he fancies having a bum with. That's what's to come. Not sensitive plot twists. Stupid, crass comedy of a homophobic nature. Oh, good good times. It was fun. Fun times, guys. I will say, for this first scene, this is probably where they're making the most effort. Because it is, it's, very, it's more or less a silent scene. You don't have either of them talking. So you don't get any like weird shitty dialogue, and it's the pace is very slow. <laughs> Just while I think to give them the one compliment that I have to give was some uh, the shots through the bed springs mm. were inventive. I think there are the occasional contextual shot or just shotless column shots. The odd shot of like so. Even when comedy's playing out, they'll have um, the odd shot of, like, say someone runs through a scene, there'll be, like, their naked foot on a dress that's been come off, and there'll be lots of, like, let's have a look at, like, a crowbar or an axe, or, like, there are angles there that that create dynamic filmmaking that are used as a kind of, to almost comic book together the, the porn. It's not like we're shooting the porn now, it's we're conveying the sex narrative you know, like it's it does try interesting with the shots. It's not just like how actual porn is filmed, where they just film it from a couple of angles. It's it's there deliberately to try and be dynamic. I think if we are going to begrudgingly give it a compliment, <laughs> they are. I do think they overdo that sometimes because sometimes you just get shots of feet walking, and it's like, well, that was a bit pointless, or like weird close-ups of things that don't really do anything. Which makes it then, more arty. It does, and that's kind of like a point I was going to get in this in this first bit, was because because uh, there's kind of like silence, and they kind of like overblow some of the, the, the small noises, and it's very slow. slow. It's very slow. Yeah. And it's quite, it gets quite steamy, like in the first bit where she's just on the bed, trying to like entice him. Yeah, so we've got like, and know... it does, it does kind of like. This is the best scene where it, um, it walks the line the best between it being sexual and also funny. Because any time it gets a bit too steamy, they make a joke. Yeah, and I think this is the the first like kind of fifteen minutes are probably the best. <laughs> it's weird talking about it in these terms, but probably the best edited. <laughs> It's the uh, it's the best build up because you got not only the sexual build up, so you got Livonia uh trying to, you know, entice Lamar. And so it, it does it builds the titillation. So she you know, it it's got it isn't just she's naked and prancing around, it's like vibrators on nipples and things and you know, she's trying to it, it shows more of her and she strips down and tries to, you know, 
get him involved. And then it's also got the comedy of him trying to ignore her. And the, like you said, the enhanced beeping on the calculator. And there's a bit of silly crotch noises when she like foots him in the crotch and things. So mm. it's it's got a little bit of comedy tension and a little bit of, okay, this is a bit smutty, so it's going to build sexual you know tension as well. So it is probably the better part before it just... And this is the thing, it, it has interesting shots and angles and bit extra... You know, or let's cut to the lube, like a like a porn film never just has a one cut to like a lampshade or a lube or a piece of something in the room to make it kind of weirder. They just focus on the business, so it does try, but then it also recycles footage a lot, and it mm. has this endless uh, inserting of like a narrator. So there's, so let's just talk about the narrator a bit because it's throughout the film, and I I think it is more of the satirical part, I suppose. How would you guys describe the narrator? I'd describe him as the best part of this film. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was just something I just I just loved how wholesome uh, he just had that voice, mid America, wise old older man voice. Uh, we see him as well. He's like an old guy with a like. He just looks like he's ready to do some lumberjacking or something, or some man's men, some yard work or something. It's just an older guy with like practical working man clothes. I was so so sad when he had this bit where he's talking to his son right at the end. No, no. I, I was so. He'd been the only sort of yeah. <laughs> vaguely reasonable thing the whole time. Then he comes back, finds his own son fucking uh, his, well, the kid's stepmother, the guy's wife. And then he's like, step aside, son, so dad can show you how it's done. And it's just tragic. Absolutely it's... tragic. I know exactly how you feel, Abby, because I, I felt the same way. Just, But this guy, he's above it all. Like He's not a porn actor. For one, he's like obviously cast because he's got an interesting voice. I don't know if he's an actual actor in other work, but he's he's narrating it. He's almost trying to justify the awful spawn in it. So he's basically going, he's like making the characters sound funny and innocent, and like he's it's a very they're very long wordy descriptions that try and sell you the idea of small town USA, its host of weird characters, and it tries to tell you their motivations of the characters and set up it like explains the story that it doesn't need to explain we get it but it tries to suggest there's a nuance and fun and kind of motivation and that the characters have thoughts and feelings and that he so he's sort of narrating it like as a kind of observer like like he's in it like you see him in the locations not like in the scene but like in small town but then occasionally he is actually like there's one point where Lamar and his wife are going to have sex and he's like screwing a hole in the wall so he can peep at it I guess but for the most part he seems omnipotent and able to see everything and he just interjects and gives these quite quite amusing and weird kind of poetic diatribes and monologues about the people and what they're up to he just explains everything doesn't he and tries to make it sound cheery mm. and and for the most part he succeeds like like he does his job so well that sometimes you forget what you're watching, but then you're quickly reminded. Um, yes. But no, he was my favorite part because I just loved the juxtaposition between his narration and what was going on. Yeah, so what I'm... you're seeing is rape yeah. and sex crimes and just filthy people hooking up. 
and then what he's saying makes it sound whimsical <laughs> mm. and and kind of cute. Um, but then, like as you as you guys have talked about, so he's the one character you're like. Well, he's not a porn actor. You know, some of them are maybe just comedy characters rather than actually people who only get their bits out. But like, so he's like, oh well, this old guy's not doing anything, and he doesn't have sex at the end. But they imply, and it is just like a last minute. So I've been narrating this little story, and the main arc has come to an end. And now I'm just going to mention my son, who we've seen have sex at one point, and also a, a forgotten character who's like a foreign. Was she like just a foreign lady? Not who's... forgotten. They introduce her right at the end for the purpose of fat sex. Where's she from? Oh. Do you like pours milk Swiss? on her tits? Switzerland. Did they infer that the sex he has causes an earthquake? That's right. I was going to say. Yes. He stops his son having sex with the stepmother. I hope. <laughs> like, like his his son is rape is not no, consensually having sex with his wife, who is a sexy woman, and he says, "Step aside," and takes down like a dungaree or whatever uh, strap. And then it's implied that he has earthquakingly good sex with this woman. Um, but we just see the shed and the camera jiggles and stuff. And then for some fucking reason, Russ Mayer, I think, takes over the narration. We see that he's mentioned and thrown in at the film at the end. And he just sort of is with his camera around the landscapes, doing the same job the narrator was doing, because I guess he's busy having sex now. Oh, yeah, oh, there are some weird better oh. moments at the end where, like, he's just walking around with a camera and, like, his a, a crew abandon him or something. Yeah. Was it Rubber where there was a cameraman as well or something? Yeah, Rubber people... did feature an audience watching the film and then, yeah, I mean, we've reviewed Rubber so we, we can just listen to that instead. But, yeah, there was a bit of unreliable narrator and audience in the film and things, so... It does. It does connect to that. There's no tire running around killing people, but probably wasn't far off. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we all said, we were all in agreement. <laughs> would would but, have improved. Yeah, things. just as one little bit for that last scene. Just the film kept building on its horribleness, and when it got to a point where I think it couldn't get any worse, they throw in the fucking underage incest joke and it's like okay you did it you topped everything well in this day well in, in this day and age incest porn is the main type of regular pornography it seems like most actual pornography is about parents letting their children fuck them for some reason or vice versa so i i don't know it's not exactly a state of things to come but it is just like awful but then this Russ Mayer, Russ Mayer, he's the filmmaker, and then he's in it at the end. But he doesn't have sex, but then apparently he enjoyed making this film because uh, the main actress was his girlfriend at the time, and they it, they just had sex all the time between making the film. So he's filming people having sex, fucking the main actor, and just having a good old time being silly and filming in his like hometown or whatever it was. Like I think one of the buildings was his actual house and so Russ Mayer is just making a sexy romp and having sex and having a good time, so he doesn't give a shit if people in the future look down their noses at him. You know? So make of that what you will. Real American dream. Yeah, this awful <laughs> politically incorrect American dream. I mean anyway. There's a bit at the beginning that I forgot about and I just remembered. 
Is uh, it the actual, the, the very, very start? Yes, the very, very start. Because we don't start with our main characters. We establish some side characters early on as well. Go on, Anthony. Yeah, so I don't know. Oh, well, it turns out later on that this German piano playing guy is like an ex-Nazi or something. Yeah, is he a, is he a priest uh, at the start or just an undertaker or something? Uh, that would make sense, considering he gets into a coffin. Yeah. To oh, upset. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, this first scene, I thought, was quite off the wall. And I thought this was what the rest of the film was going to be like. And in which case, I thought, okay, this might just be mental all the way through, and which I could probably get behind. Um, so, yeah, you see him, like strip naked and get into a coffin of which he covers himself up with a, like a ghost sheet with holes in it. Yeah. And... Wait, I actually made notes of the beginning. Uh, I said uh... something about this, but please continue. <laughs> and then has uh, the woman who turns out to be like um, a radio preacher. Well, this is the thing. There's a large fake-breasted blonde lady you know, kind of if like a bit like the that Lola Ferrari off of Eurotrash, I'm mm. not sure what the actress's name. Maybe her name was Candy or something. <laughs> but she's like you know a massive, inflated you know fake-breasted lady. But she's just in um, a kind of like some kind of fishnet bodysuit, but playing pong and chewing gum. She's just enjoying playing the seventies, the first sort of proper video game, having a right old time playing pong. Mm. She kind of gets interrupted by this. Idiot in a, in a with a stiffy under a sheet. <laughs> oh my god! And that comedy noise they make when like his stiffy comes up and he like, I suppose jangles it. <laughs> I can't even do it. It's like the weirdest noise. Bear <laughs> like how sort of going on? <laughs> um, yeah, and she just has sex with him in the coffin, and that's about it. I think the music. But it I was think... so wacky. It was like, what is going on? Yeah, it starts with like piano, like German piano music, like some kind of classical music playing, and then I think he, I don't know if it's like he's not playing it really, and then he get. But yeah, it's just like comedy boner under a sheet, and then this, like you don't even know what their relationship is. It's just a woman in his house playing pong, or or at the Undertaker, she just you know has sex with him, but because she's some kind of radio preacher or whatever, she's going bouncing up and down and going, give me that old time religion. And I, it's the first hint that we're going to unpack some religious sexual problems that Roger Ebert and, and Mayer had, you know? <laughs> by the, I, did, I didn't realise how many like issues there were brought up by this film. I just When I was a kid, I was just like, oh, cool, boobs and stuff. But now I'm thinking, God, you guys have got issues about Christianity and your childhoods. Like, you've got... We, we unpacked some stuff with this film. I'm not even sure what I make of it yet. Abby, you, you had some notes? Is there anything you wish to pass comment on? I can't find them, but I think you did summarise it quite well when you said it was just some... See, I don't want to use terms like dickhead or knobhead because I get the feeling that we're going to have to start nicknaming people as we go along and that will actually become someone's nickname. Yeah. <laughs> Plus the word knob will come up enough as it is. Yeah. So what would you, you know, the, this German guy has kind of two moments. It's not like the narrator even forgets about him. I think Russ Mayer actually narrating says, oh yeah, I forgot. Do you remember, remember that German guy who had sex in a coffin at the start for no fucking reason? He's driving around the, 
the countryside such that it is. And he's got his coffin in the back. He's like fucking Django, but on wheels. He's driving around, and he's just... He ends up fucking the main actress in a coffin on a cliff. Like, with his teeth out, he's got false teeth that he's got, like, propping up the side of the coffin. I would argue that he is the most interesting character. What's his story? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) who's this guy? (laughs) What's this fetish about? Nope. But he's the one that has a genuine issue like dude's got baggage Bag yeah end. what is i'm not sure what the name of this uh large-breasted woman is because she is a a mainstay through the film as well like kind of the hero or heroine of the piece because she saved the protagonists by helping out with the problem at the end in her own the special way i'm going up here the character's name is you fall a roof roof you fall a roof is that is a, a pun, pun? I think they say it slightly differently because they say something like it rhymes with Cavonia, what they say. Is this something like Euphoria? Is that what they... I don't know. It's, just, it's, cool. it's too clever for me, guys. But, you know, she is a radio preacher. Well, let's just call her that. And... Oh, no. Sorry. This... I thought you meant someone else. Oh, right. What? Who? who... So... There's Livonia. Cavonia. Yeah. That's right. and, Livo... and... They're weird names, but sure. And then there's the grotesque radio woman. Well, she's she's not... There's nothing wrong with her, per se. She seems, like, fairly wholesome. She's not, like, got any... Well, actually, she does. She's not flawed, per se. Well, no, she is, because she sees a man with his dick out and is like, oh, I'm excited. I will save him by having sex with him. But, um, you know, she... For the storyline, she comes... She's, like, on the radio throughout. So there's also a bit of uh, Christian... Phone in radio where they, it's it's like akin to real life things that you hear in the radio. I guess back then in America and in general, you get kind of evangelical programs where people send in money and try and heal things over the radio, isn't it? There's a little bit of comedy and innuendo with it as well, and there's occasionally cutting to her in the recording studio with her slightly different skimpy clothes on, jiggling her weird breasts around. Um, and being all enthusiastic and things. Um, I kind of enjoy her radio show. <laughs> it was mad, wasn't it? It was like it was something you'd get on like a comedy spoof radio show. I could like weirdly hear myself listening to it at, like three AM in the morning when I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um it, again it's close to satire, isn't it? It's sort of passes for satire on, on the on, re- on an evangelical radio, you know, it's kind of full of implied innuendos and things. But yeah, she's there to sort of be this background thing, so that at the end it doesn't come as a surprise. Not that the film cares about chucking stuff in randomly, but at the end it's kind of her, her, she comes up again. But she is in the beginning fucking a guy with a coffin fetish. Yeah. But basically the film, you know, not to go beat by beat through everything, the, the film... <laughs> Like... <laughs> <laughs> Let's skip forward to just the sex bits, like I would have done when I was fourteen or whatever. <laughs> but like, um, basically, Lamar's story goes one direction, and then Lavonia's goes another direction, and they occasionally meet up and have <laughs> the same problem, which is he he just can't stop anally raping women. It just when it, like he try it, Lamar does try and avoid sex sometimes, and it's like women get. Like, he basically goes to his job in the junkyard, shall we say. Uh, junkyard Sal, who I think left a very big impression on me as a child. Like, there was nothing 
quite so striking as this woman because Junkyard Sal, as you might expect, runs a junkyard and she's a a large-breasted black lady with a very... Like, she's a bit huskier than... Like, the other large-breasted woman is, you know, just fake breasts. And then Sal is, like, in dungarees but has massive round breasts that flop out every now and again. But she's, like, a bit of a chunkier lady and has a very unusual-shaped face. She's almost got, like, huge cheekbones and, like, almost... Like, she's got a really, like, strange diamond face. I don't know if you guys thought she looked particularly unique, you know? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Mainly saw her tits falling out of her dungarees, Rich, but sure. Maybe the actress <laughs> was interesting looking beyond that. But, like, you know, Junkyard Sal is this kind of no-messing black woman who runs a junkyard, but also because it's a sexploitation thing, she also needs to have sex a lot because, you know, why Why would a woman character just live their lives? But she wants to have sex with Lamar because all the other employees who are all dickheads to some extent. I guess Lamar's the most conventional-looking, reasonable one. She wants to have sex with him and, you know, it becomes a bit of a ploy, doesn't it? She kind of exploits her, her workers, um, I guess, because if they don't have sex with her, they're fired. What did you guys make of Junkyard Sal, then? My problem with Junkyard Sal is my problem with their entire universe. It, that they appear to have sex as a currency, which is just... No. 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 <laughs> but at least she's, you know... I mean, I was trying to say she's not a pushover, but... It, like, she's more forceful. She's like... I, I guess the idea is, so... Lamar gets his way with his wife, because, I don't know, <laughs> she's... His wife, I don't know. But then she, he reluctantly, reluctant to, to you know, be pulled into Junkyard Cell's boudoir to have sex with her. She, he wants to just, you know, pull bits of car doors off and do whatever they all seem to be. They seem to be fucking around in the junkyard, these guys. There's like... Uh, Z- oh, those two. Yeah. <laughs> Shits. Go on. Yeah. Just these two absolute imbeciles who work in the junkyard and the first thing you see them do is one of them is one of them is taking a shit behind a car but i sort of i understand that because of they're working in an area where the toilet might be far away and he might be desperate if you can't if you you can't shit in a junkyard where can you shit (laughs) the fact was that the other one decided to catch said shit in a shovel without the other guy knowing for the purposes of shenanigans. And no. I will admit, when he picked up that shovel, I had a moment of, oh God, I don't think I can go on if this is going to go where I think it's going to go. If it's going to start adding fucking shit humour in there as well. (laughs) But I suppose it kind of leads you down that path and then uh, and then kind of does a swerve right at the last minute where it, it... you know, it does. It doesn't really involve you seeing shit. Yeah, the 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 guy that takes a dump and the, and the shovel comes in and steals it and throws it. He throws it away. This other knucklehead, and so he's, he he turns around to wipe his ass or whatever. And he's like, "Where did the shit go? The shit's done like a Houdini and disappeared." So it's like, "Oh, he he's done a shit, but it's disappeared." That's the joke. Not somehow someone smearing shit on something. Like it could have yeah. definitely gone horrible. And so it's, it's which dopey. is which is. Given what I'd seen so far, would have fitted in with this film, but yeah. it, it it thankfully just leaves it there, and I took a sigh of relief. 
Yeah. But, like, for whatever reason, they got these two stupid characters who, I guess they used to be voyeurs and things, but they're, like, the two knuckleheads, and then Zeb was, like, this happy older black guy who seems to be just brushing dust in the junkyard. And they all just, they inhabit it, and they sort of prick around there. And then at the end of the shift sort of thing, Lamar's called in to Big Sal's, uh, you know, she basically tells him, after she puts them all in her, in their place and shows that she's the one with the big tools and can, you know, yank things off of cars better than them, she's basically, get in your Lamar and have sex with me or you're fired. And she's, you know, she's she gets out of her dungarees and into a kind of, ooh, skimpy, pink, flouncy number and then, you know, shows her bits because it's a pawn. And Lamar's like, no, my power's kicking in where I, I'm like, I'm turned on, but I'm gonna inly rape you. <laughs> but she's big and chunky, and so she can dominate him for a while. So she's having a good old time kind of raping him initially, and yep. like clicking his heels together and uncomfortably straddling him while he sort of <laughs> begrudgingly puts up with it until he, and eventually he gets the upper hand literally. And flips her over and just doinks her. <laughs> and she just kind of goes, oh, fuck you, I guess you could do it then. And he just sort of does her from behind with a stupid look on his face. And you go, we're just in for lots of anal rape, aren't we, guys? <laughs> oh, it wasn't funny the yeah, first time. Like, if only that was the worst thing as well. I know. If only. <laughs> but, but as that's going on, Livonia is off being an infomaniac, I think that one of the first things she does is she pops off, gets nude and goes skinny, di- skinny dipping, discovers a young, a 15-year-old, was it? Like a young boy, oh, an actor. Old. Even worse than How that. old, sorry? 14. Oh, Jesus. I guess... Well, they say he's 14. It's still American cast. Oh, well, yeah. He, he looks like he could grow a full beard in a day. Yes, yeah, the cast of Grease type of age of like teenage isn't it? it but then it has to be for legal reasons because she rapes him like she yep. sees a sexy young man and technically a teenager it's awful it's awful that it's a 14 a naked 14 year old boy is skinny dipping and then she just like a fucking like jaws just swims up and hunkers down on his dick and just starts noshing him off and like just like he just has to kind of go along with it. She just fucks him in the water, and he sort of wants to, but he mainly gets raped. Not so... at first, though. Like at first, he's like shit scared and runs away. Well, She's... that's the thing. It's like you can't do that to a person. Just sneak up on them and start sexually assaulting them. It doesn't matter if they would like it when they understood what was happening. Well, they don't understand what's happening. They are frightened. It's yeah, it's like it's all well and good saying surprise blowjob, but an actual surprise blowjob <laughs> is terrifying. You don't know what's happening. You could be being eaten by a piranha or like, but like he's attacked. He's attacked and raped and because we're root- we're happy for a young boy to be raped by an old woman in this film. So that that just, but that just happens so we can see, oh look, she's fucking again. She's she's absolutely mental, Lavonia. She's just she just runs around the whole story fucking everyone. And just, it's mad. But that's the first one, child rape. Good stuff, guys. Comedy. And then, like, I don't know, I hesitate to go through everything. But, like, where where do we... Like, Lamar's kind of in trouble with Big Sal and, like, you know... But he basically gets to go home, but he doesn't go home. He just spends more time ruining his life while his wife runs around getting into more trouble. Like, she sees a salesman at some point. I remember that. 
Actually, Jamie did pass one comment about the salesman guy, right? On the old uh, WhatsApps. He said he looked like oh, someone. That he looked like Gomez Adams from the TV series. <laughs> and he does a bit. <laughs> he does look a bit like a little bit more curly-haired and weird. But what did you guys make of the old uh, salesman business? It's a classic porn scenario. Salesman comes around, tries to sell you stuff. I, I did like the guy. Like, he was funny. I'll give him that. Does he end up having sex with her? Just at the end. Well, of course he does. Lavonia <laughs> is insatiable. Yeah. What am I saying? What am I saying? But there were, like, it involves some of the odder moments when he, like, puts some sort of, like, breast-sucking device onto her. Yeah, he he basically is just a got his bag of tricks. It's like, this guy comes to her house and, you know, tries selling her stuff, and it's like a dress and a choker and, I guess, I don't know if it was like a Spa- English to Spanish learning thing, and like a, like basically a wig, and she's like, oh, I love all this stuff, like crotchless panties and things, so she's got a whole outfit, and, and wig that looks exactly the same as her hair. <laughs> I didn't understand at all. Like, I didn't, re- like, I didn't understand why, when she dresses up Meant to be. She's meant. She at one point she dresses up uh, in the clothes she buys from the salesman. Is meant to be like a Latino stripper or something, and she's meant to be like, you know, she somehow she gets a job in a strip strip joint that her husband turns up at because of course he does. And she's meant to, like he's meant to be so dumb that he doesn't notice it's his wife, but she looks exactly the same. <laughs> she talks in Spanish and has a wig that is indistinguishable from her own hair. I don't know. I don't know why that happened, or I don't understand it. Does anyone understand? No. But she's thrilled. <laughs> she's she's thrilled to buy these items from the salesman, and he's like, can't believe his luck, I guess, because she's enthralled with it all. And then he he has the goal. The joke, I think, is he has the goal to suggest he could use a breast enlarger on her. Because comedy and also a chance to get the old booba, but she doesn't like that because her breasts are big enough, and I tend to agree, they are ample and fine. Um, and then it's like she's like, "Oh, do you have any of them for men?" And there's like kind of awful homosexual jokes. Not like there's just some awful language that you kind of go, "Oh my god!" Like I can't. They just make gay jokes and then eventually get like she's kind of interested in expanding a man's crotch with one of these things and. They just have sex in a comedy way. It's quite brief, thankfully. Mm. Uh, you know, it's just to establish that she's got these claws now and is happy and fucked another guy. And like I say, it's basically... She... I don't know if she wants to dress up as a Spanish woman or Latino or whatever and pretend... To, like, she goes to a strip club and, I guess, says... like It's like it's an open night... An open mic night at the strip joint, and she could just turn up as like a, a fake Latino lady. Like she has, goes by a new name. She's like um, Lola Langusta or something, and she starts mm. she starts speaking Spanish. Like well done, she's multilingual at least. That's a talent. Um, and just she's stripping in this place, and kind of like all the like lecherous men staring at her and enjoying her tug on her pubis and jostle around and suck her thumb. She doesn't actually do a striptease, I don't think. She's in clothes, and then they cut to her and she's naked. They don't even bother with the actual, oh, you're in a strip joint, she should strip. Nah, fuck it. Just close-ups of men's faces, and then her naked. And then, of course, Lamar is here, and doesn't recognise his own wife. 
And I believe there's even some drugging comedy at this point. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, more rape. What? What, what does <laughs> he... Because it's on a man, it's funny. <laughs> like, what does she... He... She gets... Lamar she, she, she spikes his drink with something. Because they have, like, a shop where he drops it on the floor and it, like, burns through the floor. Yeah, like, it knocks you out if you drink a bit of it. But I guess it's also acid as well. Yeah. I don't know what drug this is. But her whole ploy is she dresses up and as a as a stranger, drugs her husband, takes, like, I guess kidnaps him back to a house, a location. And then... It's quite a long, like, a, this is one of the point where I was like, God, this is really dry. I thought there would be more stupid scenes. But there's a long sequence where she somehow puts a black sock on his dick and mm. keeps knocking him out. And tr- like, she basically rapes him now. Mm. It's like, it's like oh, I guess it's revenge. But it's like she's trying to force her husband to have heterosexual vaginal sex with her. And she enjoys it again, because of course she does. And somehow it works where he's got it up, but he's unconscious. I, I don't even know. I, I just, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, guys. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't remember it being this rapey and awful. <laughs> oh, my God. It's all rape. Every single one, practically. There's oh. consent occasionally, but at times where there really shouldn't be. What did you, did you guys, um, <laughs> where were you mentally at the point where she's raping her husband as a Spanish woman? In a bad place, Rich. In a bad place. <laughs> I'm not convinced that I was even present by this point. Maybe you were drugged. It would really help the scene. But it goes on a long... It's a long... It's not... We've lost all the initial subtlety of the first scene where we're building up the comedy and erotica. This is just awful. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah. even make sense. It's like... It's written by people who don't know what sex is or how... Like, at least they don't know how date rape works. Because whatever the fuck goes on with a sock, and, like, I don't know if a sock can keep you aroused, and I, I don't know what's going on. But it's awful. Well, let's just t- put a line under it. Awful further rape happens between a husband and wife. And then, I, I, I don't know, it feels like all the time between scenes, she, um, Livonia fucks the garbage truck guy. <laughs> just, mm. that happens so often, and in the same... No mat like spring mattress blue room. She's or in the garbage truck. She just fucks the garbage man, who's just like a kind of almost like a actually a more attractive Ron Jeremy. He's just like a greasy <laughs> mustachioed, <laughs> like tan guy with like a flat cap who has a garbage truck, and he just he just sweats and fucks her, and it's just okay, <laughs> okay. But all the sex she has is like insane and over the top and not realistic. So it's it's not even erotic. It's just mental. Did you guys find that it was surprisingly bizarre the sex they had? Oh, it was just horrible. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, my skin crawl that scene. But it, they repeat it as well. Like she keep, he keeps coming back. Even I think at some point Lamar comes in on them. I guess she's partly manipulating Lamar to man up or something, and mm. then. So Lamar turns up, but instead of just letting him intervene and throw the guy out, she takes a raw light bulb of a lampshade and burns her lover's balls, this bin man guy, oh my to get God. him to come off. We saw the huge close-up of fake Ron Jeremy's balls. <laughs> I thought that was, well, okay is a strong word, but the guy came back. Like, 
if anyone had done that, if I was a bloke and someone had used a raw light bulb to burn my bollocks, I was never going to see them again. <laughs> but, no, you know, that's, that's a fair point. <laughs> I mean, Kitten is a very sexy woman. <laughs> so, I, but it was just like, what are we doing, guys? She, like, threatens him with a raw burning light bulb and get, sends him back in. And Lamar still hasn't learned to make love to his wife normally at this point. He still kind of fails, like, to, you know, do it the way that she wants. And so we have to go on with this literal and figurative farce further. What are the, so what are the other crucial moments? The other attempts at solving their relationship problems involve... There's there's a kind of a funny gag about a dentist-cum-marriage counsellor. Is there anyone mm. else who attempts... Like, the, the success is at the end with the radio... Um, evangelical lady but is there like the dent is there any other attempts beyond the dentist guy i mean i'm i'm sure so. i'm sure lavonia fucks someone else along the way oh no that does it like because it that's the other scene where the, the similar things play out where like lamar anally rapes the one again <laughs> oops like so okay let's just skip to it then like basically they go they think all right here's the plan we're gonna get our marriage working I don't know how they get on the same page, but they go to a marriage counsellor who's also a dentist, which I think is quite a funny idea. Like, we're almost in Mel Brooks-style comedy here. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's like a weird dentist, and he's the marriage counsellor, and you know, he's, he's like this... Like, how would you describe the dentist? I think he's probably one of the better <laughs> performers. Be careful in... what you say. <laughs> yeah. Um... Like, he certainly knew comedy more than some of the other people did. It's a proper gag at the office. Like, there's jokes. Like, whether they're funny or not, they're attempting humour. It's not just disturbing and baffling like the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I do kind of like the way his joke escalates in the the closet. But this whole scene is really... Ugh. It's quite. It gets to the point quickly, though. Like whatever, it doesn't kind of fuck around. The, the foreplay element is gone at this point. So, basically, the the dentist who's I don't know, like a Noel Edmonds in a wig kind of guy. He's like a slightly camp dentist, and he's got a sexy woman assistant to in like a kind of pink dental assistant costume that's obviously slightly provocative. And his, they're, they're there for like Lavonia's there for dentistry, and Lamar's there for his problem. And so, like, the, I think the dentist's plan is, okay, so you, Lamar, you go with my assistant while I do the dental work, innit? Mm. And how does that go wrong, guys? He nearly rapes her again. Yep. <laughs> the old classic. Is the anal rape game funny for you now, Abby? After your know, repetition, it's supposed to be funny. I'm... I'm... Just talking about all this stuff again is really making me sad and upset. I apologise. <laughs> it's I comedy! But, Abby, you must be excited. A change of scene because, you know, yes, Lamar is being... Like, I think there's an implication that this dentalist is going to lube her fist up and show Lamar what he's doing to people. Maybe a sense of, oh, maybe she'll ch- change... Uh, make him think differently about what's hap- what he's doing to people. But that... There's no payoff for that. No. It just looks intimidating. A woman lubing her fist in a glove. 
Though I suppose he does get the comeuppance then by getting the attention of the dentist. Well, yes, that's it. He starts trying to bugger this a dental assistant, and she's sort of half resisting. Um, and then, because Lamar's ass is out, the dentist is gay, and is I think the surgery goes wrong. Like I don't know, the dental surgery is not really that successful. Like she, he sort of starts using a drill on her, literally on her teeth and stuff. And I don't know. Like, at some point he comes out and sees Lamar's ass, and it's like, oh, my boy, this is, you, you're here to sort this, I, this is perfect, I love bumming, you've got a bum, let's let's do it. It's, I mean, it's sort of the dentist tries to rape Lamar, but he doesn't really succeed because comedy intervenes and we have some closet comedy that you, you said you quite found the escalation funny, Anthony, do you want to maybe describe what happens? As a joke in itself. It was funny enough. I like the way he escalated trying to break down the door. And it did... <laughs> like, it did uh, walk the line of like being funny and also being terrifying. <laughs> yeah, almost yeah, like think, The Shining. I think the joke would have been better if Lavonia and the nurse hadn't been fucking. So, the nurse was going to have sex with... What's his name? Lamar. Lamar. And then the dentist was going to actually do dentistry on Livonia. Then Lamar says something like, why can't a woman be more like a man? Ah, yes. Which I don't understand. Because but they, they the agree to have idle sex, don't they, men? Men are like, just bum me up the bum. And then the dentist goes, change places! Well, he could, he could hear this over his drill that he's got in his hand doing the teeth, yeah. And then the nurse goes in with Livonia. They start fucking with a double dildo. The dentist goes in with Lamar, but has completely the wrong idea about the situation. And then becomes really obsessively determined to fuck him. Yeah, no means no. But no one knows that in this film. Yeah, no one understands no. No means yes, or maybe, or both. But never know. There's no... There's like rape... But whatever kind it takes in this film is just a kind of, oh well. <laughs> like, oh well. I guess I got raped again today. <laughs> but you're right, like, the the scene, they they change places literally, and so because it's it can't ever stop being a pawn and start being just a comedy, like, Livonia and the dental assistant have lesbian sex. And you're like, oh, look, a lesbian scene in a pawn, who knew? Like, it's like... Two women are having sex, but now is the time to do homophobic comedy with like big props and things. So we got, we got like, okay, so either we're doing a lesbian scene in the film, which they do, so they they, they have comedy lesbian sex with a giant double way dildo, but this is intercut with the joke that like sort of works, which is that Lamar's locked himself in a closet. And he's like, oh no, he's like, he, again, he's kind of offensive and homophobic, but he doesn't want to have anal sex with this gay man so that the dentist is like getting progressively larger things to knock down the door like i think he's a crowbar is it and then a comedy mallet and he has to go into the room where the lesbian sex is happening and then get like more like he gets a chainsaw eventually and cuts his way in like uh shining style into the closet to i suppose rape lamar and but it's like so we've got sex playing out and comedy playing out or comedy in, in quotation marks and it's just like what are you doing guys 
you can't <laughs> like it's it doesn't it doesn't work it isn't titillating you just get the occasional clip of women having sex and then you get this ridiculous kind of farce going on it's just like what the the, what the fuck are we trying to do it just it shows that comedy and sex just don't go together really proof if ever there was it really exemplifies the um the great injustice of um homophobia as well where oh if it's men bumming it's disgusting oh is it women having sex that's great funny it's not fair it also it's presu- it presumes that vag- vaginal sex between a man and a woman is the ultimate insect that everyone should strive for like i'm not saying that lavonia should compromise and accept that her husband's ways and proclivities but it's like i don't know it's not like it's <sighs> The characters are homophobic, but the the film is saying it's wrong. It's just, it's just. A th- oh, I guess it is saying it's wrong because it's like Christianity saves the day in the end. Oh, who knows? This film definitely doesn't have a positive message. No, not on any level. Did w- one thing that came up throughout them that's really bizarre, really weirds me out, and I don't understand it. That isn't literally sex and jokes. It's occasionally characters get punched out for comedy or otherwise. Like, Lamar punches the guys at the junkyard. Um, I think some of the junkyard guys turn on each other. But basically, a bunch of people bleed from the mouth from being knocked out. Oh, yeah! And they all have different coloured blood. It's the only genuinely surreal thing that happens in this. Like, I I thought I got that joke at first. Because the first one, I think, is a black dude who bleeds white. And then, what, the joke is racism? <laughs> like, I know, they do say something about it, like, I, I knew he had, like, white blood in him or something. And it's like, okay, that's that's a joke. Technically, maybe. Technically. <laughs> and then the second time, um, he punches out one of the uh, junkyard workers and he bleeds yellow. And I thought that was like, oh, cowardice, because he was yeah. running away. Does say something about him being a coward, but then I don't get the rest of them. Yeah, like one of the the other knucklehead at the junkyard bleeds a different color, like blue or green or something, and then the dentist gets knocked out, and because I guess it's because he's gay, his blood in his mouth—it's always in the mouth for some reason—is pink. Mm. Oh, gay, perhaps, is the joke. But then, the only person who bleeds a regular colour is the garbage truck guy at the end. Like, um, Lamar, when he's eventually having, let's call it conventional sex with his wife, manages to fend off the junk... The the guy who was having... Like, at no point is Livonia sorry for having sex with these men or apologising. He just... It's expected that she will. It doesn't even seem to be an issue. But she's having sex with him again... And Lamar turns up and, like, you know, sees the guy off this time. And he punches him while having sex with his wife. And he bleeds red. He's the only one who has, like, red blood. I don't know if he's because he's a red-blooded male or... I don't know. Did anyone... Abby, did you have any thoughts on this weird coloured blood thing? Um... I can't put any logic to it because that would involve me making notes and trying. And I don't want to think about this film. <laughs> any more than I have to. Uh, you didn't have to. I, I apologise again. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a mystery. It was. It's like an almost sci-fi thing to do. Just oh, are they, are they aliens? I don't know. But so okay, they all in small town USA. People have different blood colours because I guess that was funny to someone. 
And anyway, it, the dentist thing is a clusterfuck, literally. And that all comes to an end. And basically, the last stitch attempt from Lamar is, I'm going to try this. Eve. I've listened to the radio occasionally and heard this uh, evangelical woman on the radio who turns me on by her voice. The, 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 as watchers of the film, we can see her breasts jiggling about. I don't know, that doesn't come across the radio, but she's doing all her sort of radio Christian spiel. And he's like, oh, I'll go see this all. There's a few awful wordplay things. Like, what's the thing about solace and sucker? I don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. Anyone remember some of the things she's like? It's basically a save you via the radio show, isn't it? Mm, I same answer. <laughs> don't care <Excuse> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, the, Lamar goes to this woman to. He whips his dick out and is like, hello, save... I don't think he explains, I keep anally raping women. It's just so she helps him by baptising... B- baptise fucking him? I don't know if this is yeah. rape again. But uh, it's a long... Kind of is, because she's, like, almost making drown. Which I'm guessing he's not up for. Which is, I suppose, another kind of rape. Yeah, and because Lamar doesn't like conventional intercourse he likes anal sex i guess he's not up for that either but he's yeah he's he's being battered and drowned in a bath as someone's having sex with him and, and like she's singing and like it's like a, a radio baptism saving thing isn't it live on the she radio does, she does scream very loudly and shrilly at a couple of points which i <laughs> kind of made me laugh because of how absurd it was but Mm. It's like her sexual kick is saving people and fucking them. Mm. There's a lot of like, there's the guy like, so she fucked the guy in the coffin, and like she's on the radio and she's an evangelical faith healer thing. <laughs> so there's a lot of sex and I mean there's a lot of rape as we've talked about, but there's a lot of sort of like the in the end Christianity and Christianity is used to save him and. It's not even turn him straight. It's not like he's been gay. He's just been buggering everyone. And so... I suppose there is a suggestion there that because he likes anal sex, it means he's going to turn gay. Yeah. But Livonia will have sex with him up the ass on his birthday, and only up on his birthday is a throwaway joke at some point. I think they're having sex on a cliff once their marriage is saved. But, like, it's such a fucking weird, like, thing to put in. Just from, you know... This film critic guy has come and written this shit, and you just wonder, what's your, what's your hang-ups, mate? What's your background that this is a suitable like thing to make a film about? Why? What's your issues with Christianity and baptism and anal sex? What are you repressing, there, buddy? You know, mm. <laughs> you're just tired and done, Abby. I was done before we even started. Oh, I know. <laughs> but we're nearly there. Uh, there's only really the wrapping up. The wrapping up takes a little bit while. It's a bit convoluted. We have more narration and stuff. But basically, because Lamar has been rape baptized by this big titted woman, he is able to like fly straight, as it were. And he, and he there's a there's a bluff, isn't there, guys? Where he he's flipped over Lavonia again, and she's like, "Oh no, Lamar, it didn't work." And then he's like, "Turn over, <laughs> let's do it regular style." And so, yeah, it basically, they're able to have sex how they both want. They, you know, Lamar's able to have vaginal sex with his wife. Like she, she, they just fuck the rest of the film, and it's kind of back to the comedy narration again, isn't it? 
Yeah, which is... Like, I, I was thinking... Because at the beginning, he kind of, like, introduces everyone in in the town. And at the end, he kind of, like, wraps up by showing them all again and where they are. Just in and case then, uh, we forgot. Yeah, and I just kind of realised, hmm, you've added a cool ten minutes there to the film. Plus, we... There's a repeat footage as well. It often is kind of lazy and shows people we've seen have sex one way, do it again as a kind of either a callback or sometimes it's even like a sex scene. You think, oh, well, they filmed this, but they didn't have a reason to use it, so they sort of sprinkled it throughout. Like the the two knuckleheads at the junkyard have sex with Big Sal in a kind of comedy scene from above at one point, but it's not really a, a moment in the film. Like, a few people, they screw on camera, but we don't really know what the context is, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, like, it just, it, it takes a while to kind of go, look, didn't we do it? And it kind of pats itself on the back and says... Yeah, it does. It takes forever to finish. <laughs> and, I mean, considering anyone who can get through this, like, if you had to jerk off or something, then you've done it ages ago. <laughs> you've fast-forwarded or rewound to the bit where you go, oh, I quite like this. And you've ignored the comedy when it's inappropriately in the way. Like, there's no way... I don't think anyone watches the end of this film and goes, oh, this is a nice satisfactory conclusion. We've sort of summed up American towns and society and gone on quite the journey, haven't we, you know? Sort of unearned bit of uh, reminding us of the characters. In In a really wordy way. Did you not even like some of this... Uh, interesting language to you know sell us on these ideas and characters. I don't remember it. It's just nothing good has stuck with me from this film. <laughs> I'm just sad and annoyed. So there's no other way of putting it. That's not how pornography should make you feel, or comedy. So it's a big Although, fail there. To be fair, when it's become, you don't discuss pornography with other people so that's like a step we've taken which is probably just the the wrong step also they made sex boring it's stupid how do you do that comical. well you have you have your main actress jostle around and go more cock more cock and just she just she doesn't fuck like a human she doesn't even fuck like someone really quickly having sex she just frantically jostles around and grabs a pubis and makes weird noises. Like, it's not really erotic, so it's just mad. <laughs> I think you're meant to find the fact that there's nakedness erotic occasionally. It re- I don't know. It really fails, doesn't it? It really ca- The comedy's bad. The, it doesn't really achieve arousal properly at any point. You don't, you know. Only the truly desperate could find this ar- ar- arousing. I... I think it's set out to push the boundaries, certainly. And then, you know, they they did it with sex, and then they did it with the jokes, and then the themes. They're like, what can we... What horrible things can we get away with? And it did. It pushed the boundaries. But it's just... It's trying to be naughty. It's not trying to be taboo (laughs) and, and push taste. It's not like, who's that guy who makes, like, the stuff with the vine? What's that guy's name? John Waters. Yeah, like John Waters films are genuinely trying to disturb you and uh, mm. offend you on on purpose. It's almost takes an it's like an art house approach to shock and and taboo, and it, it it makes a point of it. Whereas this is just look how 
mucky and naughty we can be. Oh, isn't it funny? Ha ha ha! Also, look boobies and stuff. Wait, it's a good old. It's a good old. It's like a romp. The word romp, but it isn't fun. It's just awful. So I think it, it, it's its approach is to make you slightly aroused, but also have a laugh. But it's just um, awful, cringy, inappropriate uncle type jokes, isn't it? It's just that awful family member who doesn't like you know doesn't understand boundaries or just someone who goes to jail eventually for sexually molesting a minor. It's their sense of humour, isn't it? Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, I'm not wrong, am I? Come on. Like, this is... Oh, you're not wrong. (laughs) I didn't remember it being awfully offensive. I just remembered it being weird. So now that Mm. we've sort of talked about it, and as you say, you know, like, if it was genuine pornography, what can you say? Like, uh, the... That guy had nice balls. Like, there's nothing... Like, oh, I quite like the bit where she gets her hair pulled and looks submissive. Like, there's nothing you can chat about watching pornography. You watch and go, hmm, or you don't. Like, you know... But this was definitely a weird comedy film that didn't understand anything about what it was doing. It was just... It was just weird. Like, I don't know why they did it. And I am sorry I've made us do it. Because I thought it would just be a fun novel thing. But it was mainly just... It, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It was awful, though. I'm sorry. Again. So there, there you go. I mean, final thoughts and metaphors, anyone? Um, yeah, it was just... My God. <laughs> What's left to say? It did have weird stuff in it. Like, the blood thing was truly baffling. I don't... There was loads of bits I didn't understand why they did it. But yeah, what well, I mean, you know, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, did, you said you mentioned notes, Abby. You obviously could find your notes, but were there any? Uh, oh, I only made notes for about twenty minutes, and then went. Nope. I get the gist. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I hadn't seen it. Well, good. Well, the thing. It, it ruined two days. <laughs> to try to. <laughs> well, look, listen. Last week we did. Midnight Cowboy, and that is too good a film. And you guys, you like, no more treats. We had a lovely old time, and we've forgotten what the podcast is about. It's about challenging ourselves to try failed movies or mediocre movies. This wasn't mediocre, this was really awful. But this is the thing, Abby, we, we've got to challenge ourselves. Sometimes by challenging yourself, you make yourself sad and miserable. Or I, I make you sad and miserable. You and I have very different concept of the point of spoiler film. I don't think it's the worst film we've done. Mario Brothers was really bad. This was worse than Mario Brothers. <laughs> well, Bob Hoskins is good. I suppose. At least Hair had some songs. <laughs> yeah. We've, uh, I think we we finally scraped the bottom of the barrel. There's only up, guys. But that's it. We did Midnight Cowboy. That was good. That was fun. This was not fun. Next week, we maybe try and find the middle ground, and we continue on. But we found the bottom of the barrel, and the bottom of the barrel is covered in sexcrement and should be thrown away, because it is garbage. That's what this film is. It's a, it's a garbage truck full of people having sex, and then, so, and then a black guy comes along and tips into the the back of the the garbage truck and compresses them and kills them and takes over the junkyard. Like it's literally that happens in the film. If you didn't get my analogy, but yeah, it's yep. just it's garbage, sex, 
sex garbage, isn't it? Is there any need to come up with another metaphor? No. No. So yes, um, I don't know what the valley it referred to was, unless it's where they, it, the small small town is in a valley. And I don't know what an ultra vixen is. And I don't know how he went beneath any valleys. So I don't think we solved the film's title. But um, we experienced the the bottom of a very horrible valley. Anyway, I am now going to repent for my sins <laughs> at some kind of radio <laughs> station. Yeah, I could reassess my life and and think very carefully about the next thing I suggest. I'm sorry, guys. And that's why you shouldn't do porn. But anyway, time to say goodbye. Bye-bye. I don't forgive you. You don't forgive me? Oh, no. (laughs) Goodbye. We watched Midnight Cowboy. That was your treat. We're done now. No more treats. Next week, more filth. I don't care. No, you can't. You have to forgive me, or I'll. I'll. There's plenty of other beneath the valley of the something. There's more ultra vixens. Ress Meyer's got a whole catalogue of films I can easily suggest. He also has a film called Motorcycle. Motorcycle. I think it's meant to be like a pun on motorcycle. You can watch that. We got Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. We've got the other film called Up. There's all kinds of stuff I could inflict on us, Abby. Are you going to forgive me for this horrible film? No. Oh. Well, see you next week for the prequel, Super Vixens. <laughs> no, it'll definitely be something else. No more boob comedies for a while, Rich. Sorry, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye.